1: All right, it is time to do the Pac-12 preview, preseason preview. And I got the best two dudes I could for the Pac-12 preview, along with myself, of course, who is a Pac-12 guy uh, as well. Sean Farnham, uh, former UCLA Bruin. uh, Doug Gottlieb, not a former Pac-12 guy, but he lives in Pac-12 territory. Should have been a Bruin. Should have been a Bruin. Yeah, we'll call him a Bruin. We'll call him a, a, a Bruin for today. Well,
2: thing, uh, things you don't know, Goodman, is that my late father had season tickets for twenty five years. My sister was a cheerleader. My brother graduated from there. So, um, and we can do another podcast as to why I didn't go there. And and no one's ever <laughs> done. No one's ever done the Herrick Baron Davis uh, Blazer story. That was a local story. Like. Uh, the, the getting herrick for some expense re- receipts is the worst thing ever, but anyway
1: anyway, good to be I don't know if the- people watching the the Pac12 preseason preview are ready for that story right now, Doug. We will, we will definitely tell it uh, going forward, but let, let's let's stay on point as much as you can, Doug, which I know is not very well. Um, and yeah, let's I, talk
2: I, I, about AD's ADD, a, a, a bitch you know, it,
1: really. <laughs> No doubt. All right, let's talk about John Farnum's UCLA Bruins. Because in the, uh, in the top storylines, uh, obviously, UCLA has to be number one, right? I mean, they're mediocre all year last year. All of a sudden, they flip the switch. I'm at that Michigan State game. I think they're done, one and done. Instead, their first four to final four. And they have everybody coming back, Sean Farnham. So uh, why do you feel like this UCLA team will be more like the one we saw in the tournament than the one that we saw during the regular season?
3: I, cause I think they got a taste of success. I think they got a taste of what it's like. Um, and and for a program that has really struggled in recent years to find that their footing and, and to reestablish who they are as a national brand. Uh, I think that this was kind of like the, the NCAA tournament was the coming out party, not just really the NCAA tournament was a coming out party for the entire PAC 12. And they're trying to, they're going to try to carry that momentum over into this year. But I think when you look at this roster too, uh, everybody coming back, The addition of Miles Johnson um, from from Rutgers uh, adds the ability to have a rim protector, something that they did not have last year. You add in a kid like Peyton Watson, who's very fluid and very smooth with how he plays, needs to add strength. Uh, I went to practice last week, and I, I just love the intensity of this group, how they're practicing. Uh, you can see that they are completely bought in uh, to what Mick Cronin and his coaching staff is selling. Uh, and because of that, I, I look at them and I go, yeah, they should be rightfully at the top of this conference based on their run that they had last year and what they have returning. Uh, and with the schedule that they have, I think the way that Mick is scheduled up, including that game against Villanova, I think it continues to keep the carrot out in front of these guys' face.
2: I, I, I mean, I want to echo Sean. We also should remember two years ago, Okay, when COVID took away the NCAA tournament, Goodman, weren't they the hottest team in the Pac-12 then? Like, or, you know, one of the two. So, so, like, look, we all know Mick can coach, and his teams get better. And so for you to say, and I do think it's fair, they were mediocre for a good portion of the season, but that's kind of his teams. They get better, you know, he figures out who's in, who's out. And by the end of the year, they're a bitch to play against. They're really good. And so I I do think that we're dismissing the fact they were hot the year before and they started to have a little kind of thing at Poly. And then they got hot last year. And obviously, you know, some things go in their favor, but there's a reason there. But what are you searching for in college basketball? No one has the consistency that they have. No, Everybody else, it's like an AAU roster, changes by the game. So once you have that, and then you have a consistency of success. Um, and now you sprinkle in Miles Johnson, who I love. I mean, that's a, he's a legit rim protector who can score some inside He's exactly what they didn't have. And then you add in a star freshman, but he doesn't have to carry them. He doesn't have to do much. He can just kind of find his rhythm, find his game. And like the team, by March, find a true role there. Yeah, I, I think UCLA is the real deal here. One, because mixed teams get better. Two, because they have consistency. And three, because they've added into potential NBA talents to an already solid roster that is old, experienced, and has at least some role establishment, which nobody really has in college basketball these days.
3: And to Doug's point, you know, he talks uh, so much about this roster. Everybody's going to focus on Johnny Juzang because of the NCAA tournament run he had. Uh, But Jaime Hawkes is... He is their most important player. He's the heart and soul of this team. He's the guy with a little bit of grit, a little bit of teeth, a little bit of bite, which you need to have if you're going to play for Mick Cronin. Um, And I've been, I mean, even at practice, you just see like a natural leadership starting to emerge from him too. Um, I, I think the one concern you would have at UCLA is you really only have one true point guard, and that's Tiger Campbell. Uh, If Tiger Campbell goes down with an injury, now you're going to start to look at other guys. They, you know, Peyton Watson has been uh, at practice has moved over into that position. Jules Bernard has been in that position as well. You have some experienced guys and I don't know how important it really is though, to be honest with you. I mean, I know that's a concern, but I don't think it's really all that important because the way college basketball works and the whole idea of combo guard positionless basketball nowadays Multiple players bringing the ball up the floor. Uh, but I do think that Tiger Campbell is an important component to this team just based on his steady hand. He values the basketball about as well as any point guard in the country.
2: I, I, I think, though, that I, I get it. You know, if he's in foul trouble um, and he's not the perfect player, right? But he he is tough as hell. and He's won a lot of games for him. But this is it's not college football, right? Where you can almost count on guys going down with injuries. Injuries do happen. But they're pretty rare when you look at it. Yeah, I mean, like you know, yeah, but
1: you, you can you can never have enough point guards. That's my take. I Agree,
2: Ag- right? agree. you need you need two and then combos as well. Um, I, I I agree there. I mean, like, look, they got what what I told. I remember when they got the job. I told Mike Lewis. I said, "Hey, you know, I don't love some of their guys as pros. Like, you're going to have to add pros, but Hawkeye's – even Jake Kyman that comes off the bench, yeah. Yeah, like shoot. those guys are five-year guys. Yeah, They're they're going to be grown. And they they just, like, Kyman's kid, his brother's going to be a, a star in terms of his younger brother a young kid at Santa Margarita. But you talk to the family, and they're like, we're not going. Everyone else around the country, like, if you're coming off the bench and you're buried behind guys, you're like, I'm out. Like, nobody's out. They're just like, look, I just want to be a part of this for five years, win as many games as I can figured out when i'm done and it's a they, they really have a good mix of guys who understand what they're what they're in it for and that's i think at this level especially at ucla how you have to recruit you sprinkle in a couple of stars now they can start getting kids to transfer back home i think the next missing thing and and sean you can speak to this is they got to make it they got to make it so that it's a happening and it's hard enough LA. <laughs> it's hard but and it's hard on that campus, right? It just is. I mean, it's a smart kid campus, and basketball is not always a thing, right? But they got to get away from those hey, six It's a smart kid's day.
3: campus. How
2: the hell did Farnham
3: get in? Hey, I was a full appointment to the United States Air Force Academy. Watch yourself, uh, bear down guy over there. Uh, yeah, I didn't I mean, know the Ari- what the academic Arizona's requirements like, were for Arizona.
2: Hold on. All hold on, right. You, take, got me, you got me. You got me. I'll shut up. My, let me take my Arizona entrance exam. <laughs>
3: <laughs> OK, hey, but to Doug's point, I do think that the environment is going to be really key to get this program back to the next level. I mean, when you go look, when I did Big Blue Madness a couple of weeks ago, in Kentucky, there's 20,000 people showing up for practice post pandemic. They are fired up to be back in rough. We all know what Allen Fieldhouse is going to look like. We all know what Cameron's going to look like. We don't know what Poly Pavilion is going to look like. The goal obviously would be to have it back where it was in, in the late 90s, uh, where every game was rocking, every game was sold out uh baron davis and all those guys a little bit of showtime uh, no doubt about it but the fans came out the student section were there and the students better come out this year because coming off this final four run coming off of an opportunity where they didn't have an opportunity to come support this team they're number two in the country in-, in the preseason poll i mean what more do you want from mick cronin uh and this coaching staff uh, to excite you uh to be able to come out and say hey oh by the way and we're starting off with villanova at home yeah. so if you can't come out for that game I'm really going to be concerned about what the student population at UCLA is doing.
2: I, I don't think I, – I agree with you on NOVA, but I don't think it's as much the NOVA games, right? It's do you show up when they play Wazoo, right? Do you show up when they play, you know, Oregon State? They, do you show up at those the midweek games in conference play? Be, because – and this is and, – and Jeff, and Arizona they do, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but – There's nothing else win. going on in
1: Tucson, that's why. I mean, let's you face it, win, but,
2: but it's UCLA, yeah. right? It's UCLA and forever. Yeah. They, they didn't have, they, they didn't have the, the arena. Look, we had baseline seats. that used to be 20 yards off, <laughs> off the floor. They fixed that, right? They didn't have a practice facility. They fixed that. They didn't have good locker rooms. They fixed that, right? They didn't have, they didn't have a great roster. They fixed that. Now you got local kids. You fixed that. You got a coach that's showing you can win it fixed. They fixed everything. Yeah now it's up for people to show up and and this is my frustration with UCLA fans they've every coach they've ever had since John Wooden retired it's they, they find the negative thing to to want to push push them out right you know all is arrogant and Jim Herrick Jim Herrick or uh, Lavin's teams lost to these you know by games and shitty teams and compete the big games and they're inconsistent and they never loved Herrick they never embraced you know, uh, Walt Hazard and Larry even Farmer, Ben Howland. Ben Ben Howland got fired right. when they won the Pac-12, went right. to three yeah. final fours. Now I understand that Ben lost LA after the Drew Holiday thing. Like I get it, um, but like I I really struggle to find a flaw with what they're doing and how they're doing and the roster. Right? Like this is a this like there's zero excuses yeah. to not go. And there's plenty of people in West Los Angeles to go to the games.
4: Before we move on, let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at bet river sports If you haven't signed up for bet rivers yet, now is the time because they are offering a $250 match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is that they require just one playthrough to turn your bonus into cash money with their rush pay and approval. Withdrawing your winnings is safer, It's more secure and it's more reliable. Now that basketball season is tipping off, get in on the action at BetRivers.com today or by downloading the BetRivers iOS app. You must be 21 years or older. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And while I got you here, let's talk about the Field of 68 Media Network, where college basketball matters most all year round. This is a digital media and podcast network that we've been building over the course of the last year. We have shows hosted by some of your favorite players covering the program that they love the most. AJ Guyton hosts the House of Hoosier. Eric Devendorf covers Syracuse on the scorer's table. Dan Dickow hosts the Gonzaga Bulldog broadcast. We have Florida's Patrick Young and Duke's Andre Dawkins, and North Carolina's Shimon Williams, and Michigan's Sue Douglas, and Illinois' Deion Thomas. The list goes on and on and on. We have more than 30 shows right now. So hit the links below and check them all out. And while you're at it, make sure that you go check out the Field of 12 Media Network, your home for college football.
1: All right, let's let's move off. uh, UCLA for a minute is a Pac-12 preview. So uh, who will be... The biggest competition to UCLA, to me, that's an easy one. It's a, I mean, it's a layup. It's a layup. I mean, there's a guy in Eugene who can coach his ass off and, and always has been able to in Dane Altman. Uh, I think Oregon's the team. They bring in three really good transfers, some good returning players. Obviously, they lose Duarte and uh, Figueroa and and, and uh, Eugene there. So, like, they they lose a lot, but they bring in a lot. And I just, I trust Dane Altman, period.
2: I'm not going to argue with you, you yeah, know. But what this is the opposite, right? You have a tremendous coach. Yep. they got everything, but every year they got to remake their roster. So early in the year, there's some ups and some downs, and then by end of January, February, he figures it out, right? He's amazing, and I, I have Sean and I are sure going to completely agree. Like that's the guy, the team I'd least like to play in February and in March, but it's going to be bumpy because. This isn't every year he's got, a, he, it's, he's got essentially a new team and, you know, Figueroa was a Swiss army knife defensively and offensively and Duarte, I mean, he's already playing well in the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and like we didn't, you had COVID hurt him last year. So people didn't see how good they really were. They were really, really good. Yeah. And I, I think that this will be an impactful roster, a nationally competitive roster by the end of the season.
3: Yeah, I agree with you, Doug, completely. I, I look at Dana Altman and I just think to myself, Dana Altman is like a master chef, right? Like he he just comes to Media Day with like a big old bowl and he just is stirring, going, Hey, so uh how many first place votes did I get? No, oh, not that many. That's okay. I got oh, oh, let's I'm gonna sprinkle this guy in. We're gonna throw a little bit more of this in there. And he just keeps stirring the, the pot. And to Doug's point, every single December, they take an inexplicable loss and we go, oh my gosh, Oregon. Eh. And then like to Doug's Doug is spot on and we see it every single year. So that's why the two of us are going to agree on this 100% is you get to late January, you get into February and all of a sudden the NCAA tournament comes along and you're like, damn, Oregon might be one of the best teams in college basketball. Uh, and I think that goes back to Dana Altman's roots. He was a juco coach. He's really comfortable with turnover on his roster on a year in and year out basis and, and redeveloping, reestablishing what your culture is in a very short period of time, and he does it as well as anybody in college basketball. Look, in, in an era in the Pac-12 where UCLA and Arizona have both taken their lumps, Oregon has been the most consistent and best program in the conference for a better part of the last decade. Uh, and I don't think that's changing anytime soon because he's going to work the transfer portal better than anybody. And you see that with the guys that he brought in, Gary Ayer, Uh, young. uh, I mean, he, he, uh, Harmon from Oklahoma. Yeah. They lost dudes that could score the ball and they replaced him with dudes that we already know can score the ball. And so I think it's going to work out really well, but I do think it's going to take time.
2: Yeah. It's it's interesting. I I also think the difference here in their transfers and and, uh, all transfers are not alike, but remember like Jacob young, they went to the tournament, right? He's also a tremendous defensive player as well. And then, you know, Davion Harmon, like these are, these are guys that usually you get a transfer and why they leave. Well, got pissed off because they didn't play that much. Right. Or maybe you have a guy step up a level because they were better than everybody. You don't know how he's going to play the PAC 12. Whereas he played in the Mac or played in the big West or something like that. Right. Like you have, I mean, Jacob Young just left to go to a more prestigious program. Right. Davion Harmon's coach retired. Um, Those, those two guys, are tremendous in their backcourt. Tremendous. Then you had Will Richardson like now you got you got a good team. So, um and and the Biddle kid can really play. I don't know. You know, this this is to me kind of an underlying storyline. It's always been this way with I think the Big 10 where you have older teams, but now when you got super seniors, you know, super super se- seniors like dudes that are 24 used to be reserved for BYU. Right? How much how much do these freshmen contribute? Because yeah. this was the story of Kentucky last year, where okay, of the top 10 now, half last year, go to these overtime elite G-League Like Now you have like probably 10 of the top 20 aren't there. So now you have younger, slightly less evolved freshmen, and they're going against older competition. Everybody's old if they're staying, they've stuck around this year, and you know, they're 22 to 24 years old. Guys are holdbacks anyway before they even get to college. I, I do wonder how freshmen, like an biddle how would they contribute because they're playing against grown-ass men like when you play against a UCLA. All
1: right. So after that, we agree on one and two. I don't okay. think there's any debate there.
2: After that, it
1: becomes a little bit iffy, right? I mean, you got the, the predicted order finish uh, in the preseason poll was USC 3, Arizona-Oregon State both tied for four. Colorado, ASU, Washington State, Stanford, Utah, Washington, Cal. Um, Farnham, what stands out to you? What is wrong with that poll? I know you, you have a
3: bone to pick with the voters in that one. There's no chance that Washington State's finishing eighth this year. None. Uh, I think they're an NCAA tournament team. Uh, I think Kyle Smith has done a tremendous job with this roster. I think he, his, his freedom that he allows his guards to play with uh, is, has been proven now over multiple seasons. Uh, F.A. Abugidi is one of the better players in the conference. Uh, Again, I think they're going to be the best defensive team uh, in the Pac-12 this year. And when you look, and and I do think it gets muddled up after those top two, uh, there's plenty of room for Washington State uh, to move up. And I think as the season went on last year, they got better and better. They dealt with some injuries. So that kind of like ro- derailed their season a little bit last year. But if you really watch the way they compete and the way that they play, there's reason to believe that Kyle Smith's team is going to make the first first time they're going to make the NCAA tournament since 2008. Uh, and, and look, I, I, I love Wayne Tinkle and I love Oregon State. Uh, but, you know, they lost.
2: They were, ten, they, were ten, they were 10 and 10 in league last year.
3: Yeah. Right? And, and then, then they make the run and they lose Ethan Thompson and I know they've got some more parts coming in, but it's not like they were crushing it last year. All
2: right. I'm with
3: you. I'm
1: with you. I don't. I don't understand why they are that high. I would have Washington State uh, higher as well. Doug, anything that that sticks out to you in that?
2: Well, I'm I'm interested in USC. Uh, they were outstanding at the end of last year, obviously reaching the Elite Eight. I, I think, uh, and they've done a great job with the transfers, but they they lost a couple of things. Okay, first, obviously you lose Mobley. To the pros you lose Tajidi, uh, you lose Easton Anderson, right? So, some of it is Maidi mean, was 24, uh, Mobley was a superstar, and Anderson was a local kid who was just kind of bought into his role good, solid, dynamic backup, starter, point guard, whatever. Um, but you also lost Jason Hart. Yeah. And um, if you've ever been to a USC practice, Jason Hart did a lot of the coaching that 2 3 zone that they used last year was Jason Hart. Now, that doesn't mean that he can't coach. He's shown he can coach at Florida Gulf Coast. He can show he can coach at USC. He's done a very good job. Um, But it is going to be different. And traditionally, non-Duke, Kentucky, uh, maybe even Kansas schools, Ohio State, you lose to D'Angelo Russell. And, you know, I mean, it's the big fear at Oklahoma State was what happens the year after Kate. Right, yeah. what happens the year after Evan Mobley? Because because he made a lot of things look way better than they were. He it's... just because he can play them anywhere. So I think SC is interesting. I agree with you on Wazoo. I do think that one of the unspoken parts of this league is your schedule, um, when you play the Mountain Trip, how those teams are playing. You know, um, also you know who do you play twice and who do you only play once. Right. Like this year, if you roll into you play the LA teams twice, yeah. Right. Gonna be hard. You play the Northern California teams twice, not the same. Right. (laughs) Um, So I I think that actually plays a role. I'm interested in Arizona State. Right. Last year, they had too many guards and they were just like, it just was a weird team. Yeah. So, you know, Remy Martin's like, like everybody's gone and there's new guys in. And I, I think Bobby's a really good coach. And they have a tendency to kind of figure it out. He's had some staff changes as well. So I think Arizona State and USC, in addition to, to Wazoo, are teams to watch. And then I'm fascinated by the bottom of this league. Like Washington sucked last year. I know. I know. Right. You go I, from. I never whatever, would have
1: pictured this ever. Like if you had told me four years ago that Washington would be picked 11th in the Pac 12, none of us would have bought that. None of
2: us. Cal 12? Right, right. Mark Fox is yeah. a pretty good and coach. I, you gotta go get players, dude. Right. You gotta go, and he lost his best player to San Diego State. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. you gotta go get players. No one's ever done without players, especially yeah. at Cal. Cal is a place where you can get kids in. Okay, and you, it's always been. And the Bay Area and, has but, talent.
3: And the Bay Area has talent. I mean, they're, they missed they're on
2: Barnum. Are... Perfect example. They <laughs> on Barnum. But, but, um, but I mean that it's mind blowing that two those two programs have been Wellsprings for elite-level talent. Yeah. Look at what Cal has had. Look at what UW has had. And to be picked at the bottom, and, like, no one's arguing that they should be picked. Nobody's like, Uh-oh. oh, no, nah, that's too low. They're like, can we put them 13th? Like, no, you only have 12 teams. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's and then, true. And then I got to I gotta be honest, probably the most interesting one's going to be your boy Tommy Lloyd.
1: I, I wanted to get there. I, that, that's okay. where
2: I was headed next.
3: And,
1: okay, and before I, we
2: before we get to
3: Tommy Lloyd, can I just throw a little bone for Tad Boyle? Uh, yeah, because I think Tad underrated, underappreciated guys, right? Yeah, I think I think he, his consistency of exceeding expectations is in a year in and year out basis, uh, and how he gets his kids to play. He he brought in the best recruiting class in the Pac-12 this year. Uh, to Colorado. I mean, just think about that. We were talking about all these great teams and, and look, I know a lot of people are doing it through the portal now and, and getting transfers. So it's different, uh, but he's still got guys to come in there and play. One of them, Allen, got hurt. He's going to be out this entire year, but KJ Simpson. I mean, he, when I talked to Tad Boyle, at Pac-12 media, he said like KJ is so creative that the balance that I'm trying to find is how do I let him continue to play with the freedom that he's accustomed to? And how do I get him, to become the guard that I know he needs to become. And look, they, they're going to miss McKinley, right? Uh, to me, that's like losing Peyton Pritchard at Oregon. Uh, the difference is Oregon had a guy to back up right away and was ready to right. go. Colorado does not. Uh, but I do think that Colorado will be a team at the end of the year that will be a lot better than where they're going to be in November and December.
2: I, I, agree, I agree with everything you said, only losing McKinley, right? Like, if you don't have, an experience, a quality point guard, and McKinley was really, really good college point guard. It, it makes you look like an inferior coach when you're not, right? Yep. And this goes back to what Jeff said about about UCLA. You got to have more than one, and you're starting a freshman back there who's, you know, filling in for a guy who started the day he walked in the door. Yeah, that one. And again, you're playing against grown ass men now with everybody being <laughs> a transfer. I don't love it for CU. I don't think they'll they'll finish above, you know, a wazoo. Uh, or above a USC just because you got kids. I mean, Evan yeah, Batman. So I have him at seven. I have him about huh? seven in the conference. I have him about seven. It's about, it's about right. But I would agree with you on your sentiment. But Ted, excellent coach, does it the right way. And that place is a bitch to play in because the students show up and you're playing in altitude and it's all good. And all of a sudden, the second half, there's some fire going off in your chest and you got to kind of figure out how to get through it.
1: All right. Before we get to our, our, our preseason, a player of the year picks in, in, in the Pac-12, and that's just giving Doug a little heads up to think about it. Um We'll, we'll go on to my alma mater here. Uh, yeah. Yes, I actually did graduate, first of all. I do. I have the diploma somewhere to prove it. Um Anyway, uh, Arizona, the hire. Let's start with the hire of Tommy Lloyd because player-wise, Sean Miller left them a pretty good – the cover is not bare by any means. In fact, I think this team could probably finish third – and none of us would be shocked if they do. But first, Sean, the hiring of Tommy Lloyd, the right hire? Or would you have gone with somebody else first?
3: Um, look, I, I, I get always the idea of hiring your own, right? Like I think that there's always there's and there were viable options of hiring your own for Arizona this year. Um, and this is hard for both of you guys because you're, you're friendly and, and myself
1: as well we're friendly with miles Simon and, and Damon Stoddam, are two guys that were you're, not,
2: you're not friendly with miles Simon. he doesn't like you did don't worry about that <laughs>
3: <laughs> but I I mean miles miles look and I'm happy for miles uh, coaching the uh, G League team now for the Lakers and he's going to be a head coach in the NBA probably sooner rather than later as far as I'm concerned um, but certainly the college game would have benefited from him uh, returning kind of like we saw with Jawan Howard uh, and, and coach Woodson now at, at Indiana they could have gone that route I had one former head coach tell me that Tommy Lloyd's resume as an assistant to a head coach in a power conference hire is the best that they've seen since Roy Williams made the leap from North Carolina to go to Kansas. Uh, Albeit without the national championships that he was able to accumulate at North Carolina, uh, Tommy didn't get the national championship. But from a recruiting standpoint, um, from a pedigree and an understanding of a program that has been consistent for 20 plus years, head coach and waiting there's not a lot of things you can do to punch a hole in Tommy Lloyd's resume and I think that was kind of proven when 48 hours on the job he got the best big man in the state of Arizona to commit to coming to Arizona next year so uh, I, I think that you know yes he hasn't called a timeout in a game yes he's going to go through some some growing pains as a head coach uh, but I do think because the roster is what it is uh, that at the end of the day they're going to be in position to not only make the NCAA tournament, but advance in the NCAA tournament in his very first season uh, down at Tucson.
2: Doug? Didn't like the hire. Like Tommy a lot. Okay. Tommy couldn't have gotten the Cal job when it was open. Couldn't get the Stanford job. Couldn't get the Oregon job. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe Fuey could have gotten the Oregon job. You know, maybe couldn't get the UCLA job. He gets the Arizona job. Like, come on, dude. Like, what are we talking about? So, uh, and I like Tommy, I have nothing. And I, I love the idea of assistants getting head coaching job, but if we consider Arizona an elite, elite job, you're right. Roy Williams Williams is the parallel, but what Gonzaga has is completely different and what they recruit to and how they play and how their schedule works. Everything they do is completely different than any other team in the country, any other team. Now, Tommy's done a great job recruiting. They did Canada, you know, maybe even before Canada was cool. You know, they've done international. Before international was cool. And obviously, they've always done a good job in Pacific Northwest. Now they've started to recruit, you know, the best of the best. And, and, and he's a huge part of it. Um, but, like, bro, Arizona is a different, as you know, Goody, it's a different animal. And, I mean, I, I thought it was a layup there considering – all of the other things working in college basketball, the need for more minority hires. And you have like Damon Stonemeyer doing a good job specifically. What, what are we even talking about? And if you don't like Damon, you, you call Miles. Like pick, pick which one you want. Yeah. Um, so I didn't like the hire. Now, as far as the team and will it work, I'm fascinated. I think he's a good coach. I think they're a pretty good team. Um, the the issue he'll probably run into okay, is when they go through a bad stretch, is their total buy-in there because he's not one of their guys and he doesn't have the pedigree to call back on that? It's like Sean Miller, whenever it's like, well, Sean Miller can't win in the NCAA tournament. Well, like he did get Xavier to the lead eight, right? right? No. He won a ton of games. So okay, we're in a little bit of a down stretch. Like you he... and Arizona has always been a job that gets dudes, right? However they get dudes, they've always gotten dudes. Right? They just have gotten dudes. I mean, just pro after pro after pro after pro so um yeah and you got to connect with those guys and i'm sure a lot of those guys are going to be bitter for a while unless you win and you find ways to ingratiate them like everybody likes jack murphy but that that ain't it right you, you, when it's it's hard to get when you're eight players program right, that's like that's something we're eight players program okay you got two former players that can be head coach nah we're gonna go get a that guy who hasn't coached before like that's a hard one so i think this is a big year not because you expect him to win a national championship, but how it feels, and can he avoid the two or three game losing streak where people go, doesn't know what he's doing, bad coach, and that can hurt you in recruiting and in momentum. And momentum. I,
1: I, that's the key yeah. word. That's the key word there, duck. Momentum. They need it this year. My question for them is is twofold. One, you still got the NCAA stuff hanging over you. So recruiting is going to be difficult. Number two is the staff. I always say, listen, I hammered the Mike Woodson hire. Hammered it. Didn't think it was good unto itself at all. But I think he brought in a good staff, right? Dane Fife, he kept Kenya Hunter, bringing in Yeshear Roseman. Those guys can recruit. I just don't know, other than Tommy, Jack Murphy's solid, but, but he's not a big-time recruiter. He's done well internationally. They've actually done a good job the last couple of years with Sean. Ricky Foyce? No idea, no idea. Probably international. He might be able to get some guys too. And Steve Robinson is. Let's face it. He, he's been a Carolina. He's, a, he's, and
2: he's, he's he's just an he's a classy guy. Yes, former head coach, the best. An old. He's your old head. He's right. seen it all and done it, all. it. Makes sense. But you're right, right? Like, remember, remember how it worked. Sean was. Sean got it. Sean was, and he had when he had Joe Pasternak. Like they got after it recruiting. Yep. Right. They got after it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when they had loot there, loot was more the closer, but his staff got after it, really got after it. So I'm, I'm interested. I do like the idea of a young head coach who's out there on the road and recruiting, right? That's an easy sale. Hey, he's the one who's calling the timeouts. He's the one that'll sub you in. He's recruiting, you know, he does the Gonzaga thing. And I'm sure he used that to his strength in all his early recruiting calls. Get it. Now you got to live on your own record. So I'm, I'm with you, your staff. You know, you gotta get guys that know what you don't know, and I don't know if he did that with his staff. We'll we'll, we'll find out. But well, like, and,
3: and one one of the things that we talk about with this though is we're talking about the best home environment in the conference, bar none. I mean, so you're talking about Mikhail as the best road toughest road venue you go to all season long. And to your point, Doug, like if you go through all of a sudden you lose three or four games at home in conference play, that is not something Arizona fans really have ever seen. I mean, it happens from time to time. But when it does happen, man, things get things get tough really, really quick. Yeah. And and you know, Jess talking, oh well, he's a good international recruiter, international recruiter. Yeah, international recruiting's fine. But here's to to going back to Doug's point you got to go get Richard Jefferson. you got to go get Miles Simon. you got to go get dudes that can come out of high school right away and are pros, you know, uh, Andre Iguodala. Like, you got to go get dudes that are
1: pros right away. Right, he and got Dylan Suggs with help of Mark Few, obviously, to Gonzaga, right? They have momentum already. Well, I know. I know. I'm not
2: comparing. The, assist- the assistant coach, I, I love. My bro- as you know, my brother's been assistant for like yeah. 20, 25, 20 years, 25 right. you years. You ain't so.
1: getting the player. You're not kidding. no
2: head, head coach. Poses head coaches. What what matters? And that's good because he's now he's in position. All that other stuff, you know. Yeah. Now he's in position.
1: No, it's a huge I'm... jump. It's a huge can I, can... jump. I mean, he told me he never imagined he would be the head coach at Arizona. Right? Like you're sitting you around. You have to take this job. I
3: mean, they offer you this job. You have to take course,
1: this job. No
2: question. No question. And 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 my sentiments have nothing to do with Tommy or have nothing to do with him taking the job. Yeah. It's just like it goes counter to what everything's going on the environment, and yes. you're a player's program. That, that's it. But it's it's great. Can I bring up one other school, which we did yeah. not even discuss? Go ahead. Which used to be the best home environment. Okay? <laughs> I know exactly get, where you're at. You can get players there. You're recruiting a different player, but they've had pro after pro after pro. And he's like non-existent on the national radar. What the fuck happened to Stanford? What? How is it possible that Stanford is not Apathy. even a – yeah, but how? Like this is this should be the setup. This should be perfect for them,
3: right? I, I, I think it's a university-wide thing.
2: Huh? I
3: think it's a university-wide thing. Look, they, they can't get people to come to football games when they've been good, and now they're not good, and they still don't come. And and I think that the, the, the stress level of the uh, the academic side of things is, is just so high. Maybe that's a cop out, but I think the students that they're getting, we talk about the the UCLA uh, academic side of things. Stanford is that on steroids. And it's seemingly like these, the, the kids up there don't care. Like they used to care. They don't.
2: I, 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 I get it. Okay. But, and it's, it is a chicken or the egg thing, right? If they win, do they care? Do you have to care before you win? But I'm just talking about in terms of recruiting, like. He's recruited when-
1: well. It, ha- it isn't like he hasn't, he's recruited fairly well. You know, listen, it's not the easiest. Ooh. You got like one or two players. I mean okay. by the numbers, they've done okay. It's not like no, Jared no. Haas
2: hasn't. No, uh, Terry leaving Terry leaving early hurt them, right? Hurt him. He's, yep. Yep. he's in year three. And last year, decision. listen, We're I, I to a cross thought... player at point guard, right? Don't, to don't well, well, Travis
3: when Travis left, Reed Travis left to go to Kentucky. Uh, I think if if he doesn't leave and he comes back that they're season, certain. I think they're
2: more but he was there three years and they didn't do shit. You know. <laughs> True. Like, yeah. So I mean, like <laughs> listen, Jared, Haas, again, like, like, Jared I mean, Haas Jared and Mike Hopkins I, have to win this year. They both right, have to and, win this year. And and like like these are dudes, uh obviously he's South Lake Tahoe, but these are dudes I've known since I was a kid. And yeah. I like them. But just at some point it's like, hey, this is a I mean, look at how non-existent they've been in competing just to get into the NCAA tournament at Stanford. And I'm not saying win a national championship. You don't even have to win the Pac 12. But did Johnny Dawkins do anything there? What did Johnny Dawkins do? Yeah, he had the one year. He had the one year. Here's the one thing I'll say about Stanford. And he benefited from Kansas not having him beat in the tournament, right? Otherwise, they get beaten that game. Right. Right. But go ahead.
3: But here's what I'd say about Stanford to Doug's point. Like you do have to recruit different people, right? And I heard a coach one time say, you know, Stanford's such a tough job because you know there's only like four or five guys in the top 100 that academically qualify for Stanford. But the truth be told is then you should get all four or five of those Correct.
2: dudes. Correct. Like, they all want to go. They, listen. Well, when when you know my brother was with Monty, was at Stanford and is a cow. When they were a cow, they if they recruiting a kid and they're like Stanford's on them, like, we got no shot. Right. Because right. the parents, they all want to send them Stanford. Unless Duke right. wants. Unless Duke wants. Right, right. But those are but Duke isn't necessarily recruiting all the like there's Star uh, Some. They're Star right. Chase. If, if Western United States, okay, any – High, high academic-minded parent. Yep. You, you, you're. Got a shot. I mean, yeah. Stanford. You, you gotta get. And it's a really surprising thing in the league, which, because I think nationally people don't give a shit enough about those of us who watch the Pac-12. Like, what happened to Stanford? Yeah. Right. What happened? And I know that, you know, the reason that you know Monty originally shut it down, the reason that Trent Johnson left is you know they, they they care about every sport That's and it's harder to get into like I, I get all i understand that my expectations are not that they're in the final four my ex, but it's like to go from hey they're not really in the NSA, like what is it once in like 12 years or something yeah, it's not been it's, good no, it's, it's been crazy good. and right. it's a great school and a great historic Let, basketball
1: program. let's let's close this with our um and and i'm interested on this one i think we're going to be split on on player of the year in the Pac-12, I, I'm dying to hear Sean's pick on this because I know he's going with the Bruin. I just don't know which one. And I'm go, I'll am i let you guys start.
3: Go ahead, Sean. I'm not going with the Bruin. Wow, you, you think it's going like, to be too balanced? Too balanced. No, I, I, I just, I mean, look, people get infatuated because Johnny scored all those points in the NCAA tournament. Look at his entire regular season last year. Yeah. Like, it was not that. If it was that, he would have stayed in the draft and he would have been a pro. Right. It wasn't. Uh, Do I think he's going to have a good year? I do. Do I think Jaime Hawkins is going to have a good year? I do. Do I think Peyton Watson is going to be important? Yes. I think Will Richardson is going to be the Pac-12 Player of the Year this Dang year it! for Oregon.
1: Dang it!
2: All right. All right.
3: Dude,
2: I like it. Dude, I like dude, it. I like I Will talk. Richardson. Gosh. And you know me, I'm the contrarian. I like to do that. To <laughs> do the contrarian shit. Now I can't do the contrarian shit. Damn it. I, I hate that the, the two only of thing you agree. Is, the only thing with Oregon is. You got two other dudes that like to get buckets there in that yes, back. Court, yes. Right. Like, like, um, but if it two.
3: works, he's going to be the star, the, the, the straw that, that stirs it all and, 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 and gets it flowing. And I think that that's where it kind of comes into play. Um, good.
1: I'm going with it? Jaime. I'm going with Jaime here. I, I just think he he's, he's the best player on that UCLA team. The most valuable, the most important, the most well-rounded, all of it intangibles. I, I'm going with I mean I I'm a, agree with you on Juzang like those people who have him as a first team preseason all-american I, I just don't get it I don't want to say he's a one-trick pony um, but man he was he was great in the tournament but I want to see him do something else other than the score and I want to see him do it every single night and I don't think that's going to happen this year I think Mick Cronin the biggest challenge for Mick Cronin this year is going to be keeping everybody happy
2: totally that's, that's a huge part of college basketball. That's a, every coach in the country. How do you keep, how do you keep all these kids happy? Especially when you, you know, you got dudes that hung around for year six. All right. So I'll go with It's Fine. You know, I agree with you guys on contrarian. He can't just
1: agree with you, Sean. He can't just put it to bed and say, okay. I I, want to know truth be told,
3: truth be told. If I didn't say Will Richardson, were you planning on saying Will Richardson?
2: I, I honestly was thinking about Davion Harmon. So I, I just couldn't figure out. I, I think Will Richardson's the, the alpha, but I don't know. And I do know that Davion Harmon is a bucket and I love him in that system because he's not a point. He's not a two. And that fits with how Dana plays. Yep. Um, but I, I'm, I'll go with, with with Johnny and because I agree with you on, on Jaime, but I also know that a lot of the things he does doesn't show up in the final box. And I think, you know, look, we have people who we like that we work with or work at other places that all they do is box score hunt. And they're like, wow, he had 20 points. And he was a great player. Like, yeah,
1: so you're saying who you think is going to win. I'm saying, who are you picking? Who's the guy that you want? I just
2: said I'll pick Johnny juzain because I think he's going to win because i like to be right. And I think yeah. I have a chance to be right. I, think I will UCLA tell you, a the sleeper. Lead. You want a sleeper? Yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: Marcus Bagley. Uh, I think he's going to throw up big numbers this year for, for Bobby. And, you know, so limited in how he played last year. He's got a great skill set. He got, he got some information from the uh, test of the draft waters. He's back. Uh, I think he's going to have a very good season at Arizona state. I think
2: it'll depend State's
1: on point
3: guard play. I, I think yeah. that'll depend.
1: Last a, a year, they had, like,
2: last year they had like three point guards. None of them passed each other. Correct. You know, That's not exactly. exactly.
1: that good. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, guys, uh, appreciate it. Uh, Sean, Doug, and uh, we'll we'll do it again. We'll see if uh, Doug's right about that Juzang pick. Uh, I, I'm with you. I just can't believe he can't agree with you, Sean. For once, just agree, Doug. I, I hey,
2: can agree, but, but like, what's the what's the fun in that? Like, let's each have our <laughs> horse in the race. <laughs> the motto that's of it, Doug's and, life. Why speaking no, of fun, it's if agree. have a horse in the race, and then if he's right, then we're like, man, we got.
3: Speaking gotta go of to which, Mick Cronin's horse won a race, and so maybe that's a good omen for UCLA this year. There you have it. All right, Mick Cronin's horse won. <laughs>
1: Uh, UCLA Bruins, take them. Put everything you have on the Bruins. Take care, guys. See you.